0: Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Jake, and Chris is not here today. So Chris is actually out gallivanting out at Road America, working on a story with a bunch of Porsches, so don't feel too bad for him. However, we wanted to make sure we took care of you guys and put something out for you this week. So this week is going to be a little bit different. What we're doing is we're taking one of our very first Patreon-exclusive episodes and releasing it for you. So what are Patreon exclusives? If you're not aware, if you've been living under a rock, you can go over to patreon.com slash And for as low as $5 a month, you can become a Patreon member. That'll give you exclusive content, just like the episode you're about to hear, as well as uh, cool wallpapers for you guys. We get t-shirts if you go up to one of the next levels. There's also a $10 a month and $25 a month option for Patreon subscribers. So we are going to release this Patreon episode for you. This is the history of the Lancia Stratos, one of the coolest, most unique rally cars ever to come out of Italy. Uh, Before we get to that, though, I'll give you a little bit of update what's been going on with me. I actually just went through and did the coilovers on the RS4 RS4. So it's not actually coilovers, though. What's unique about the Audi RS4, this was the first vehicle and I think the only car up until now to be come over to stateside with the Audi DRC system. That is the Dynamic Ride Control System. So basically what that did is it linked all the different corners hydraulically through the dampeners, so that it would act almost like an anti-dive, anti-squat, and basically like a roll bar linked together for each of them. So it's nice, it's a little bit more soft and supple when you're going over bumps, but then as soon as you throw it into a turn, It basically firms everything up. So really cool system. However, you don't want to replace this super expensive system that works well with coilovers if you don't need to. So KW came out with a solution. We're obviously not sponsored by KW, um, but they came up with a cool system called the Height Adjustable System, HAS. And so basically you're putting coilover springs on top of the stock factory dampeners. So that's what I ended up doing. However... Audi's suspension work is something of the devil. It's extremely complicated. And when it's been sitting in Minnesota winters since, when was that car new? 2007? So what is that, 12 years worth of corrosion on everything and bolts getting stuck? It was a nightmare. And I got it all together, sweet, and then I look at my parts that are sitting there and I forgot a couple of parts. So that's just the worst after you've spent hours on something get it all back together, get it on the ground, looks awesome and you realize, oh geez, there's extra parts, that's never good. So I had to tear it all apart again, put these little bushings in that made it so it didn't basically clunk on the rebound. So they were necessary for sure. And I got those back together and now it's sitting pretty, it's great. Um, I lowered it just a little bit lower than the factory ride height, at least until the springs settle, which undoubtedly they will do. So it looks great. I also though need to, uh, I think give it a little detailing job, which is a great segue into our first sponsor here, Oberk Car Care. I of course have tried Oberk and I'll have to use their polishing compounds on the Audi to bring it back to its former glory. Oberk is your premier source for detailing compounds, pads, and polishes. And what happened was after 15 years of these guys working in the largest brands in the industry, the engineers at Oberk decided to make one simple holistic system that really just takes the guesswork out of paint correction. They said, quit monkeying around with this compound for this, this compound for this, and it's really confusing, at least to me, who is not a detailer. So whether you're working on an 07 Audi RS4 or an old 911 or anything else, all of Oberk's products are developed to work with any and all paint types. So be sure to check them out at oberkcarcare.com and use the exclusive code OVERCREST to get 15% off any order over $35 and they'll toss in one of their famous eagle edgeless towels for Overcrest fans as well. So, without further ado, here is the Patreon-exclusive episode of the Lancia Stratos. And be sure to check us out on Patreon. Don't be a cheapskate. You can get episodes like this exclusively if you sign up.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And this is is another another special. Uh, Oh, I thought we were going to be in unison there. We don't know each (laughs) other well enough to just be like, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so this is another Patreon exclusive for you guys. Yes. And I'm excited for this one because you told me the topic. Yes. And it's something that I love, but don't purport to know a ton about. So I love, I can't wait to be educated on this.
0: Yeah, let me school you on the well, should I I mean there's not really a big reveal. This is about the Lancia Stratos, which is one of my favorite cars just the way it looks and it's
1: a little it's a tiny little little zing 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 around. I mean it just it's a very cool car. I love cool the car. way it looks. I love the wedge shape. I typically don't like wedge-shaped cars. Right. But I really like this one. Of course, all the rally stuff that it did. And they've always got, like, gold Campagnolo wheels yeah. on them. And, and it says Italia on the side. Yeah. And they got the little wing in the back. They're a great-looking car. But I don't know tons about the mechanicals or how it was developed <laughs> and or I anything like that. And I think
0: probably pretty common. I think people right. know the shape. They've seen them in old photos, maybe rally racing. And Jeremy Clarkson's driven one now. And sure. Yeah, you know, whatever. So everybody's
1: seen, like, the Top Gear. But we're going to go... A little bit deeper. I yes, suspect. we will.
0: So, before we get into that, though, I just want to thank you guys again. You guys really are our core audience, and we yeah, really appreciate true. what you do to support the podcast. And this, keep in mind, we're only doing this for you guys. We want to give you something extra for everything that you've given us. And whatever us.
1: Whenever I we do one of these episodes, I feel like I'm putting on a warm blanket while I do the podcast <laughs> episode.
0: I really appreciate
1: you guys showing support and. Um, yeah, it, it means more to me than you could probably ever know that you guys really care does. enough to, to support us. So right, out of the way. with
0: that, Cesar Fiorio was born in Turin, Italy. You think that's what people are paying for? The accent? Cesar oh. <laughs> Fiorio is in Turin, Italy. Yeah. His father, Sandro okay, okay, Fiorio. Okay. Is it okay. out of your system? Yes. Okay, All let's right. go. So Cesar Fiorio. His father, Sandro Fiorio... Fiorio, yep, that is right, was the former chief of public relations at Lancia. And so it becomes no surprise that young Caesar's life would be so intertwined with the Italian mark. Before that, though, he had a short career in racing, actually winning the Italian GT championship of 1961. He then entered his first and last Monte Carlo rally, where an accident cut short short both his chances at finishing that race and seemingly any future racing ambitions. Now, I couldn't find much of details as far as what actually happened in said accident, but that's really not important. What is important... It was probably important to him. (laughs) (laughs) It was, because here, he didn't continue racing, and what is important then is he went back to college and obtained a degree in political science. Now, there was a big tangent story... That's not what I expected you to say. I thought you were going to say engineering or... Right. No, but he used this to enter the business world, and most notably, he joined Lancia's management team and quickly, with his political Acumen went on to establish a racing team, which he called HF Squadra Corsa. I wish I could somehow
1: manipulate my way into having a race team. Right. I need to go back to school for political science, apparently. Yeah.
0: And after his stint at lancy I didn't cover it because it's not germane to the topic. Sure. Uh, but he did actually run in some minor political races as well. So the poli sci, I guess, okay. was still an interest of his. But it made sense, you know, that he's able to basically work his way through this business world up through management. Right. So. It's interesting because Lancia wasn't initially on board with racing at all. They... Basically, we're thinking, you know, we make small economy cars. We don't want to waste all this money in this. And this really isn't the image of our brand. Right. So, Fiorio wanted to change this attitude in the company. And it really took a lot of work. And I think that really goes to show, you know, his political acumen, again, came into play. He started prepping Lancia Flavias to enter. What's a Lancia (laughs) Flavia? It tastes really good, Chris. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at a picture here. It is a executive car produced by Lancia in Italy from 61 to 71. Uh, and it was a 1500cc engine and it was in European markets. Okay, so it's just a car. It's, it's just a little like state car, as okay. they would say. Okay. Uh, so he started prepping these things to enter s- many small local rallies. Then, in 1965, the team became a semi-supported factory works operation and began hiring so engineers. This, this Lancy team wasn't official at first? No, no. This was like his pet project, basically, within the company. But it was funded by the company. Then the factory is like, okay, we're actually going to put our name on this and start backing this as official. So in 65, it became a semi-supported factory works operation. And then they began actually hiring engineers to improve these cars for racing. Okay. So that's the once, difference. Once the
1: factory is behind you. You're, you're doing good. You're things. good to go. Yeah.
0: So that was 65. Then in 1969, the team was moved to the Lancia factory to become its official motorsport department. So not only does he have a team, not only did he get funding, now they're like they're all in. Lancia says, "Okay, we're going to have a motorsport department." That same year, the team won the European title with Harry Collstrom beating other manufacturers such as Alpine, Ford, and Porsche. So, we should also note that around the same time, Fiat Ended up purchasing the Lancia company. Right. Luckily, what, what years
1: are we talking about here? We is this, this late, was 69. I was going to say late 60s. Yes. Fiat was 69.
0: like very hungry at the time. They were. They did a lot of acquisition. Yeah. Well, they were just trying to grow very fast. Which they did, it seems. And as you can imagine, with any tour of like corporate takeover, there was a lot of shakeup yep. in the company. Luckily, Fiorio was left as head of the factory motorsports team, and this is a good thing for Lancia. Because Fiorior started campaigning the executives at Lancia and Fiat for a new chassis. He's like, guys, we're doing well. Lancias are in racing. People are noticing them. Right. Give me something better to work with. And this Fulvia was successful as a front-wheel drive rally car, but was struggling against the rear-wheel drive competition of the Alpine Renault A110s, great the car. Ford Escorts, great car. the Porsche 911s. Great car! <laughs> <laughs> the problem, however, was that Lancia did not have a rear-wheel drive production car, and Fiorio's request fell mostly on deaf ears. They go, hey, you're doing great for publicity with the company, you're doing and great with your little motorsport project, but we're not going to sit here and fund a whole new platform that we right. know nothing about. Right. We're a front wheel drive company, right? enter fans. That's, that's oddly unitalian in my opinion true it's in, not in something for obviously would say.
1: fiats were there were some front wheel drive fiats yes. and stuff like that but i'm always like italian car rear wheel drive high end high revving engine i always just that's well
0: you forget about the regular italians in the yeah, city who like, are driving little beep beep <laughs> mopeds they're driving <laughs> yeah, Vespa, basically yeah. uh so now you know f- what
1: what tangent go my buddy jason this is, com- this is so unrelated i'm sorry um, my buddy Jason has two Vespas. We were driving out to visit my buddy at Flat Six yesterday. Yeah. And uh, we saw a sign that said Sturgis, 500 and something miles. <laughs> and Jason goes, I've got two Vespas. We should get those going and drive to Sturgis on the Vespas. Oh, my God. I'm like, 500 miles on a Vespa? I'm like, ooh,
0: yes. That- <laughs> So there is... I kind of want to do it. So you probably don't know this about me. I was into restoring old school pedal mopeds. I had a few of those. Yes. Yeah. So I I had a fleet of eight at one point. Oh my gosh. Okay. And there are guys that take these old mopeds that went from New York down to Miami. Oh my god! So it's not unheard of to do these trips like this. Well, I think it would be kind of fun to take back roads
1: to Sturgis, and yeah, I would, would wear it. a shirt that says, "Yes, I'm this dumb I drove here."
0: <laughs> <laughs> check out my hog! Yeah, check it out.
1: All right. Anyway. All
0: right. So back How to our long story. I want to
1: take. What do you go thirty miles an hour? Yeah. I bet you could put a big bore kit on them. But if we're sure. not spending a ton of money, yeah, but you want to keep him original. Hour. That's what would be fun about it, right? right? So thirty miles an hour,
0: five hundred miles. What is that? So ten 50. hours. Yeah. You're, t- you're driving 10 hours on a Vespa. More than that, because that'd be 50 miles an hour. And you're doing 30. Oh, yeah. So you're actually doing more like 15 hours. Frick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So back to our story. Enter famed designer Nucio Bertone. All right, I know you've heard I, the name Bertone. Yeah. Bertone was seeking to form a relationship with Lancia, who had traditionally used the design house Pininfarina exclusively for all of its design work. And for the record, Chris, it took me a while to figure out how to pronounce Pininfarina. Up until like a few years ago, Pininfarannina. Pininfarina. Well, that's not right. No, okay. it's not. Which, since you went on a tangent, do you know those uh those? coke so f- soft drink dispensers i hate those things with the touch screen yeah you ever like... seen right below where it dispenses
1: yeah <laughs> it says pin and Frida on <laughs> they're it desi- they're designed was, by Pininfarina.
0: it is the ferrari of it refreshment. literally a ferrari soda machine yeah ferrari of kay. refreshment so that pin and Frida. so lancey was working exclusively with pin and farina for all of its design work up until bertone wanted to kind of make inroads with the company so Bertone went to work. You see, he got wind of Fiorio's desire for a car that could compete in rallying. Rather than submit a design proposal that may or may not actually make it into the hands of Lancia executives, Nucio Bertone went for a more hands-on approach. Bertone used the running gear of a Fulvia coupe. In fact, he borrowed a Fulvia from one of his friends and proceeded to chop it up and build an entire running model around it. Hey buddy, can I borrow your car for the week? And, and not sure. I, wonder, I wonder if he told him what he was I doing I don't know but I love that it says he borrowed a fulvia <laughs> from one of his friends that I read I lifted it directly oh. from a source so Nucio Bertone himself then proceeded to drive the concept car through the streets of Turin directly to Lancia's factory according to Bertone himself quote I drove up to the main gate, where the astonished Lancia gatekeeper stared motionless at that strange object, which was so low it could pass beneath his barrier without opening it. Meanwhile, the rumble of the engine. How long did he borrow this thing for? a while. Meanwhile, the, actually forever because it's on display in a museum right now, so the guy's still waiting for his car. <laughs> quote, Meanwhile, the rumble of the engine had brought all the Lancia team, racing team people. The gatekeeper raised the bar. It was an unforgettable entrance. In the middle of the crowd, I switched off the engine and climbed out of my, quote, spaceship. So, Bertone's design was like nothing anyone had ever seen before. Its dimensions were so low and sleek, it was only 33 inches off the ground. You that's would, the roof height. That's perfect for you, Jake. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the car caused such a sensation that Cesar Fiorio was able to convince management to greenlight a prototype purpose-built rally car. Basically, all the factory workers were like, this thing is so cool, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Yes, and so they're like, probably reluctantly, they're like, well, I guess it's pretty cool. Let's do it. What engine did this thing have? Well, it just used that standard uh what was it uh, not the Flavia the Fiorio it's a 1500 but he probably CC. has some head- headers on the thing yeah that he I, I think some he just chopped some side off the muffler exactly so the concept car was dubbed the Stratos Zero and was launched to the public does Stratos mean like sky or anything Stratos, like that yeah it does and I should have figured out the it's Latin I'll look it up you go ahead okay so the Stratos Zero it was launched at the 1970 Turin Motor Show to the public and Fun fact about this car, while you're looking up what Stratos means, this concept car, the actual one, actually appeared in Michael Jackson's 1988 film, Moonwalker. Did you know he made like a a feature movie that was basically like his whole album? Michael Jackson? No. Yeah. No. It was a weird thing where he like had an album and then made a movie to go along with each track.
1: I don't know. I'm looking up Stratos. It says, number one, etymology is perfect passive participle of sterno or spread out. Spread, stretched out, spread out, having been spread out. Look up strat- I don't know. In I'm thinking Latin. maybe
0: having been spread out because it was low. and Yeah, maybe that makes sense. I don't know why we think of it as like a star or something. Well, you, like... think,
1: of, you think of stratosphere, right? Oh, that's what we right. think of immediately.
0: Which probably means like
1: stretched spread out. sky <laughs> or stretched something sky. like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's also worth noting that the concept car and the later production stratos. <laughs> the, in what?
1: Latin, you have the, I don't know Latin at all, but so you have masculine, feminine, and then the, the term that's neither masculine nor feminine is called neuter. <laughs> makes sense i guess
0: I all, mean, right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right yes that's probably where we get the term from i'm new glad dirt. they don't call it the the lattice the, anyway i'm sorry yes that was okay so the concept car and the later production stratos that we know have virtually nothing in common besides the design inspiration okay. right running gear design it's different across the how board. much of the look is there on this thing? Uh, some of it. Okay, so you can kind of envision. You can, okay. yes. Uh, the next year, Lancia presented the Stratus HF prototype at the Turin Motor Show. The prototype was miles ahead of the previous concept car in terms of engineering, and it was basically a pre production model now. So, first they had their concept car that Bertone made and they released it at the auto show in turin in 1970 right then the next year in 71 they said okay everyone loved the concept car here's actually the production pre-production model okay okay um chassis 1240 was fluorescent red in color and featured a distinctive crescent shape wraparound windshield providing maximum forward visibility with virtually no rearward visibility which as every engineer will say It doesn't Eh, matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Just go faster. Who cares what's behind you? The prototype had three different engines in its early development life. The Lancia Fulvia engine that actually Bertone built the chassis on, which was a 1500cc thing. Uh, The Lancia Beta engine. And finally, for the 1971 public announcement, the mid-mounted dino ferrari v6 producing 190 horsepower in road trim so the use of the dino v6 was planned from the beginning of the project but enzo ferrari was reluctant to sign off on this why would he basically commission out the use of his engine in a car he saw as a competitor to their own dino v6 for sure so only after the production of the dino car had ended did ferrari agree on delivering the engines to lancia Lancia under and it actually uh, is the Dino V6 the engine that's kind of like designed
1: like a mini engine would be where it shares the the, the I don't oil know pan a lot with about the it. And I know what is, you mean.
0: I think it might be because it's uh, longitudinal. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yes. Longitudinal, longitudinal, it's crosswise in the chassis. Sure. Yes. Transverse. Um, transverse. There's yeah. the term. Thank you. I like Gee, longitudinal is not, not correct every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> basic knowledge. Uh, Lancia t- under, undertook. Ex- ex- I'm going to try that over again, Chris. Lancia undertook extensive testing with the Stratos and raced the car in several racing events where Group 5 prototypes were allowed during the 72 and 73 seasons. The Lancia Stratos was the first purpose-built rally car. It was vastly different from many of its competitors, most of which were homologation specials still based on production vehicles, right? Right. So the Stratos was built without any compromise and with only one purpose— to dominate in rallying. The car gave no thought to refinement, comfort, or luggage space at all. The dimensions were designed to make it go around corners as quickly as possible. Therefore, its chassis was the shortest allowed by the rule book. (laughs) That's why these things look so, like, Crunched up. They're, right. the The wheelbase is so small. It's almost like the ratio of jake size
1: to normal person size. Like right. If you so were it's just short. If, if
0: I lay down, right, that's a Stratos. <laughs> yeah. so, hey, that's fine with me. Uh, it's said that the seating dimensions were measured from Lancia's premier driver, Sandro murnati Yes. Uh, anyone that was taller than five eight and more than one sixty pounds would find the cockpit extremely tight, assuming they could even get in. That's basically anybody bigger than me. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And you're not, for all the short jokes, you're not a tall guy. I am not, yeah. The windows, you'll love this. The windows had no roll-up mechanism at all, and could only be lowered by loosening a retainer bolt and manually pulling the Perspect down. Love it. The cabin featured bins to store a helmet in both doors, as well as a complete lack of any sound deadening. So this thing was loud. Sounds like my kind of car. Yeah. The car did so well in Group 5 racing that Lancia wanted to homologate the car for use in Group 4, which Group 4 required you to have homologation You had to sell the car. This was later called, as you may know it, Group B. That's what Group 4 became. Okay. Okay? Homologation requirements required that 400 examples of the race car be built for the public. Production commenced in 1973 using the Ferrari Dino V6 engine that Ferrari had supplied. When FIA... Who is it that... Is this the story of where... Okay, go ahead. When FIA officials arrived to inspect the 400 vehicles, the first 200 were lined up outside the Trin factory for inspection. Come lunchtime, everyone broke, and the FIA officials were treated to a long, delicious lunch and returned to check the other 200 cars in the adjoining factory. They can't fit them all in one space, Right, yeah, the parking lots just aren't big enough. No. So what they didn't realize then is that they were actually inspecting the exact same set of 200 cars that were rearranged and repositioned, as Lancia was at the time, unable to complete the minimum unit requirements.
1: Could you imagine, it's like, all right, we need everyone at the factory, yes. get out there and move these cars right now. Yes. I mean, that must have been a, a Herculean
0: human task <laughs> to move 200 cars and just shift them around. I mean, come on. We have a secondhand account of this. Okay. Paul Freire of Road and Track Magazine was actually part of the FIA inspection team that that day. Ten years later, he would later confess that, quote, there could have been inaccuracies in the count. Either that or it was a very good lunch and they served us a lot of wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were pouring it very slowly, oh, too. I am sure. Here is your sandwich. <laughs> and drink a whole nother bottle of wine yeah. so you don't notice. <laughs>
0: Okay, before we get too much further, I wanted to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Petrol Box. Petrol Box is a monthly subscription service specifically for automotive enthusiasts. Each month, they carefully select items, including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, publications, whatever it might be, and they send it right to your doorstep. There are actually two levels of subscription to choose from. They have the Petrol Box Basic, which costs less than $20 a month, while the Petrol Box Premium gets you more gear for $39.95 a month. Check them out at mypetrolbox.com. Use the code OVERCRIST at checkout to get $6 off your first month. All right, back to our story of the Lancia Stratos. So the Stratos weighed between 900 and 950 kilograms, depending on configuration, which in poundage is still really, really light. Power output was around 275 horsepower for the original... That's 2,000 pounds. It's light. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. light. Uh, 275 horse for the original 12-valve version and 320 horsepower for the 24-valve of that engine. Beginning with the 1978 season, the 24-valve heads were banned from Group 4 competition by a change in the FIA rules, which would have required them to produce a whole another 400 cars with these 24-valve heads. They weren't going to do that. And, of course, that's just like the rules regulations to basically say you're going way too fast you're doing way too well the competition so actually we're going to ban something about this car right even with this power deficit the Stratos was the car to beat in competition the car garnered lancia the 1974 so how did they continue to race they kept this engine they
1: put like a restrictor plate on i believe so okay that's
0: my understanding uh so they had the 1974 1975 and the 1976 world rally championship manufacturer titles all went to Lancia. Porsche legend Walter Roll once drove for Lancia, driving the Stratos to four wins and one second place finish out of seven European races. This was actually right before he joined Porsche and his exploits in the Stratos were one of the last hurrahs for the legendary race car driver as a factory works driver. It's said that Roll acquired his legendary Porsche driving prowess from his time behind the wheel of a Stratos. In 1977, Lancia's competition department was merged with that of its parent Fiat, right? Which decided to withdraw the Stratos from competition. Why? Quote, it made no marketing sense, Fiat decided, as the Stratos bore no resemblance to the group's streetcars at this point. So basically, it's a marketing decision. They're saying, yeah, yeah, but I I mean, come on. There's other cars out there, manufacturers that use this concept of a halo car, Right. right? It's still the name Lancia out there winning. At the time, though, I don't
1: think there was a lot of halo cars. True. Like, with the different manufacturers. I don't think that was uh, a concept that everybody had embraced at the time.
0: Yeah. Without support from Fiat, and despite new regulations that restricted engine power, the car would remain a serious competitor in the hands of privateer teams, and went on to beat factory works cars several occasions. So even years after the fact, the cars aren't being made anymore, there's no factory support, private teams would still go out there and smoke other factory cars. That's great. Three years after it arrived in a dealership, there were reports of several unsold Stratos still languishing in lots and warehouses. After all, as a streetcar, this thing wasn't that great. I mean, it's fast, it's loud, it's uncomfortable, you can't get into it, and it looks like a spaceship. The only woman that's getting into that car with you is the perfect wife.
1: Yes. The rest of them are like, no, 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 we're not taking that.
0: The joke at the time was that you couldn't give them away. On sale for twelve thousand English pounds, they are now worth over eight hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Oh well, there's how many? Two hundred. Well, f- four hundred right? eventually. Four hundred. They eventually. did make eventually four hundred. <laughs> okay, but so there's four hundred
1: plus some of the rally, like some of the rally right, cars. That they minus, made. you know, attrition. What actually right.
0: crashed and burned? Man, that's not very many. So the Stratos really is an iconic part of racing history. Christian Hallbreck certainly thinks so. He is a car designer and the founder of Phenomenon LTD. He also happens to have the largest Lancia Stratus collection in the world, comprised of 11 unique Lancia Stratus cars, the fluorescent red 1971 factory prototype, and the 1977 Safari Rally car.
1: This is where I think communism and socialism could work. Why? This guy has 10 of these things?
0: <laughs> he has 13. <laughs> Share the, the wealth, yeah. man. Come on. So <laughs> this guy's a big fan, right? Yeah. And he's got his own company, everything else. So... In 2005, at the Geneva Auto Show, Hrawlback Company exhibited a retro-modern concept version of the Stratos. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. The concept was based around a mid-mounted Ferrari V8, which seems fitting since the original was Ferrari-powered. The concept failed to be a commercial success, but that didn't stop one wealthy backer to commission a one-off model. The car made use of a Ferrari F430 Scuderia as a donor car, using it's, the chassis... It's, scu- scuderia. scuderia. Sure. Uh, they took the chassis, chopped it in half, and shortened it by 200 millimeters. And much of the mechanical elements, including the engine itself and braking, were all used. It, it really is an interesting nod to the original and a reminder of just how bonkers this original car really was right. back in the day. Well, I, I, this is one of my all-time favorite cars.
1: It's just unattainable. Um, but they have there's a new Lancia Stratos out now too. I don't believe you. I. I <laughs> <laughs> the official website of the new Stratos project. So there's another company making uh, the the uh, the new Lancia Stratos. So um, it's got the using components from the 430 Scuderia as well. I think that's what I'm
0: talking about. I th- well, it's like, I think that's now. I just saw so Jeremy
1: Clarkson I, driving one of these around.
0: You're right. I did too. Sure. So there was the one-off, and apparently there is a... I think someone else bought the rights to that company and okay. are making 250 of them.
1: Yeah, it says right here, uh, blah, 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 back in 2010. Yep, German entrepreneur, this guy and his son, commissioned uh, Pina Frina, engineer, engineer to build a modern homage to the greatest rallying legend of all. Uh, up to up until now, the new stratos remained one-off. But that's about to change. Gotcha. Thanks to pa- Paolo Garella's Guerre- new guy. company. Yeah. Oh, man, these names. Mana <laughs> Automobili Torino, previously built, blah, blah, blah only 25 of these carbon fiber bodied 500 horsepower specials will be offered worldwide and the cu- customers will be able to choose from a gt racer version or a rally ready safari or the standard road going supercar who would take this this is the standard looking car right come on yeah no don't do that don't do that at all anyway so that well, how much does it cost where is there is it say what this thing is gonna it doesn't matter. They're only making twenty-five of them. They're going to be a gajillion dollars. It doesn't even matter anyway. <laughs> so it's cool that somebody is remaking it, but obviously it's the new it, one. Who cares? It right. doesn't do anything. It doesn't for have
0: me. the because the old one has the racing pedigree. Well, the old one's imperfect.
1: Yes, it has a story. This new thing doesn't. There's no story for this. There was no struggles. There was no political science major guy running propaganda through back channels to get the. Car. <laughs> I mean, this, there's nothing special about this car other than it was designed and it has this, this great performance. But there's no. There's no soul there. There's no heart. It, that stuff has to be earned. Even yes. when you go to the dealership and you buy a brand new GT2 RS and drive it off the lot, the car doesn't mean anything yet.
0: So I'm showing Chris right now that concept car. Oh, it's that thing. Yeah, and you've yeah, seen this. I've seen that car. That thing is
1: unbelievable. It's so
0: nuts looking.
1: Yeah, they are just low. And that front glass is just amazing. Yeah,
0: I forgot to mention you get in from the whole windshield lifting up and you get in from the front. Right. I mean imagine your wife with heels trying to get in that thing <laughs> just dragging her heel across the
1: across the front fender
0: yeah so cool story nuts car hopefully you learned something
1: all right guys thanks again we'll see you next week for another patreon exclusive and again next month we're not next doing month, a weekly. Not, sorry, sorry guys no we dude. need a
0: few more of you then maybe we'll do a weekly
1: yeah we'll see how it goes uh <laughs> we'll see you next month for another one of these take care guys and uh i'll make sure to take good care of jake on our road trip <laughs> Bye bye